Hi there, this is Greg Robertson, Assistant Pastor with Life Church Manila. Just want to welcome you to another life changing, uplifting message from Life Church. Enjoy our podcast. So, this morning, uh, if you want to follow along, Philippians chapter 3, a uh, great book, Philippians is. <coughs> and. Uh, In chapter 3, Paul writes about his qualifications under the the Judaism system of worship that they were under, or were under, and uh, wrote about about how qualified he was. Um, He knew lots of scripture. Uh, He was a Pharisee, which meant he probably knew the first five books of the Old Testament by heart knew all the law very, very well. There wasn't much Paul didn't know except Jesus. And uh, he had met Jesus on the, on the Damascus Road, changed his life completely, and he realised all the stuff that he knew so... And it wasn't bad stuff to know. It's not bad to know the word of God. It's not bad to know about God but it's another thing to actually know him. And when he discovered that through Jesus Christ he could know God in a whole different way, changed everything about him. And so we pick up today in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, and he's saying, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So powerful, isn't it? For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So he's not saying they were rubbish stuff as such, but compared to knowing Jesus, the other stuff just didn't seem as valuable as it once was, almost like it was rubbish to him. And so... uh, Verse 9, and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, which he knew so well, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. And next is a verse that every time I read it, it just does something to me. Verse 10, it's the the longing of this man's heart. You can pick it up. And he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so he he just had, even though uh, Paul was a man who knew Jesus, he knew him very well. He had spoken in a physical voice to him on the road. He had appeared to him. And he had encountered him in amazing ways. He knew him, and yet this cry from his heart is, oh, that I might know him. It was like, I know him, but there's so much to know. I want to know more of him. I just I want more of this. And uh, the power of his resurrection, uh, sharing his sufferings, whatever it takes, Paul is, is saying, uh, you know, Uh, becoming like him in his death. Uh, For Paul, that would be dying to himself and his 
desires and what he wanted to do. Uh, whatever it took, he wanted to know Christ in a very powerful way, more than he did. And I'm, I'm challenged every time I read the book of Philippians on that uh, little passage and that verse really, really get to me. He wants to know God. And so the only way I know to know God uh, is to read the Bible because it reveals God to us. That's what it does. That's what it's all about, revealing uh, God to us. And uh, so I, I just want to read another six verses of scripture this morning. And then, uh, uh, and I'm hungry. I, I got my own breakfast today, so um, uh, I didn't make enough for myself. I'm, I want to get out on the lunch table. So, so uh, remember old Jack Dempsey? Remember old John? Pastor John? Do you remember him? You do? He, he was uh, he was Warren McMartin's father-in-law, but he they started up an old people's group for over 60s in Wodonga for the really old people. I thought, man, oh man, heaven help the day. I mean that. I can't believe how old I am. <laughs> it was crazy, isn't it? And so he was going to lead the group. And so he asked all the oldies to come along to the meeting they were going to have. And... Uh, and he said, it won't be long preaching or anything like Just a little short five-minute word. And he came from Manchester. So five-minute word and we'll be all out on the launch table, he said. You know, so it sounded like they'd be all out on the table. I just, it was funny. But anyway, so six verses. Genesis chapter 24, starting at verse 1. Abraham was now old getting on in years, and the Lord had blessed him in everything. Abraham said to his servant, the elder of his household, who managed all he owned, place your hand under my thigh, and I will have you swear by the Lord God of heaven and God of earth that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live, but will go on to my land and my family to take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Suppose the woman is unwilling to follow me to this land. Should I have your son go back to the land you came from? Abraham answered him, Make sure that you don't take my son back there. And the, the account goes on for many, many verses. Um, you know, the servant said, What if she won't? Well, if she won't, you're released from the oath, like, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera, but don't make my son go back there. And went on to explain the servant's journey and him finding a young lady, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you think, well, we, we're talking about wanting to know Jesus. We're wanting to, talk, uh, to learn. Uh, we want to talk about knowing God in a deeper way. Why go back here to Genesis and talk about Abraham and his servant and Isaac and Rebecca, the young lady that the servant found? Uh, I'm, I'm glad that I chose my wife, actually. I, I don't know how you feel, but um, uh, in knowing my parents, I'm, I'm very glad they didn't choose a wife for me. I, it would have been confusing, uh, his dad was a Carlton supporter, God bless him. 
years ago, he's still alive, 92, and mum was a Collingwood supporter, so I would have been a very confused lady whom I married, I think, if they got... But anyway, uh, he chose, a, chose a, uh, a wife for Isaac. But the reason I go there today is because Abraham was a type of God the Father. And Isaac was a type of Jesus, God the Son. And it doesn't say his name here. I think it only says it in chapter 15 of um, Genesis, if I'm, uh, if I'm right. Eliezer of Damascus was the head of Abraham's... He was the head servant. Um, uh, he is a type of God, the Holy Spirit. And Rebecca, of course, is a type of, well, a type of us in a way, a type of the bride, the church of Christ. And so in that way, we can learn uh, uh, some stuff about God today. And I'm not saying it's stuff that you don't know, but I just want to go over four things that we can learn here today about God. And so let's start with Father Abraham represents, uh, speaks of, gives us a, a picture in our mind or a, is a type of God the Father. And I see here the, the, the heart of a father who cared deeply for his son. And uh, he'd been blessed and, and you know, Abraham, Isaac was a son promised that, you know, didn't arrive till they were really, really old and but he loved him and he cared for him. And, and the, you know, you, even in the Old Testament, I mean, people say that the God of the Old Testament, or some people say the God of the Old Testament is a hard God. It's like he's an angry God. It's, it's yeah, smoke and fire on the mountain and whoa, it's that sort of... I, I don't know where people get that. You read through the Old Testament and I just see a loving heart. Every time, you know, I just see a heart yearning for people, loving people, and so disappointed and upset when people aren't responsive and that to him. Take Israel's journey all the way through. God, all he ever wanted was the best for them. It was them who walked away and missed it and messed it up. It wasn't God. And uh, so I see a father who is, uh, uh, you know... uh, uh, deeply cared for his son. I see a father who cared where his son's wife came from. Can I throw that one in today? Just saying. Uh, you want the right people. We need to be in the right place to meet the right people. Um, I'll say no more. But see another glimpse of our father's heart in Luke's Gospel, fifteen, chapter 15, and the, the story of the prodigal son. And uh, doesn't call him that, but he lived in, you know, he was, it mentions the word once in that passage of scripture and lived in a prodigal way. He wanted his inheritance straight away. And you all know the story. And he blew it, messed it up, lost it, ended up in an absolute mess doing things his own way, which is how it tends to be most often when we do things our own way. I know that from first-hand experience. And... Uh, and he come to a point where it says uh, it was like he wasn't really in his right mind. He was just so messed up. And, and he came to a point where he thought, you know, eat and slop with pigs. Uh, uh, he just thought, dear me, 
even my father's servants, the, the ones that just work for him and just get a tiny pittance of a wage, mate, at least they eat properly. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go back to my father and say, look, can I just be a servant? And you know the story, don't you, that he made his way home and uh, in verse 20, Luke chapter 15, he rose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, well, he makes me cry, when he was a great way off, still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And he just thought, well, if I could just be a servant, the father called him a son and treated him like that. Amen. I think he had a bit of Italian in him, Lisa. We're going to have a bigger feast. Yeah. Kill a calf, kill whatever. Let's have a big, my son has returned, you know. And, and, and that's the heart of God. Always the heart of God, isn't it? And it wasn't like he was shocked that he turned up. Someone didn't have to rouse him and say, hey, your son, come back. He was out there sitting on the veranda in the evening. He was looking for him. He was waiting for him, wondering when he would come back. He wasn't angry. He just had love in his heart for him and compassion for him. It's the heart of God, the Father. Amen? We see that. We see it through Abraham and uh, uh, yeah, we see it in so many places, the scripture, the father heart of God. I know that sees me as a son, loves me and cares for me. It's beautiful, isn't it? Number two, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. I see how in this passage of scripture he's represented by the servant, but the Holy Spirit does the work of God, doesn't he? is the power of the Godhead and see the way represented here by the servant, head servant, and he goes and carries out the will of the father. With great wisdom finds the right girl and brings her back for the son. And uh, I just know, you know, uh, uh, often I don't know what to do. Often, many times, I don't know what to do. Am I the only one that doesn't know what to do sometimes? Don't think so. Just life throws curly things up at you sometimes, doesn't it? And you think, what do I do? What do I do here? The bank manager looks at you and says, yeah, with his glasses like that. Tells you what he thinks about you and you think, God help me. What am I going to do? You know, I'm glad I got the Holy Spirit. I'm glad I am baptised in the Holy Spirit. I am glad I speak in tongues. Amen? Greatest gift, personal one. I just love it. And most times I just pray and let the Holy Spirit do the praying. It's, it's the best way to pray. How can you pray when you don't know what to pray for? Help. Help me if you can. I'm feeling like singing the Beatles. But you know what I mean, don't you? But if you let the Holy Spirit pray through you, he knows what to pray. And it's a powerful way of praying. I'm so glad that Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, but I won't leave you as orphans. I'm going to send a helper, a comforter, 
someone just like me and he will abide with you forever. Did John the Baptist not say, I baptise with water, but there's one coming after me and he will baptise you with the Holy Ghost and fire. <sighs> could do with a bit of Holy Ghost fire this morning, eh? Warm up the bones. It's a cold morning. But love the Holy Spirit, amen? And as he was doing the will of the Father and, and he's doing the will of the Father in my life too and he's leading me and he's providing for me and directing me, etc., etc., etc. And uh, I've known the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. I've seen some amazing things, experienced some incredible things. But I tell you what, I know there's greater out there than what I've seen and I'm hungry for that. Amen. I just want greater revelation in my life. I, I just ordinary. I want bigger things. Amen. It's great that you need to be just, yeah, going after bigger, bigger, because it's there in God for us. Amen. So, uh, Jesus the Son. Isaac represents him, and uh, way, 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 way back in Genesis, we get a glimpse of the heart of Jesus through this man Isaac and uh, uh, in verse 53 63 my glasses adjust 63 praise God Genesis 24 it says and Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening And he lifted his eyes and looked. And there the camels were coming. I read that the other day and it just did something to me. You could just imagine him in the in the dusk in the evening and and uh, the servants gone. And I guess he's a man. I guess he wondered what will she look like? I hope he sort of has a similar taste in how a woman should look to what I have. I don't know what he thought. I, I, uh, you would be wondering, wouldn't you? You would be, yeah. And he looks up and he sees in the dust. I guess he saw the dust. And uh, rising and thought, ah, the camels are coming. And there was anticipation. There was... Something there in his spirit that was excited about the young bride that was coming for him. And, and I just I kept thinking, and it says, you know, he went out to meditate in the field, and I, I just been meditating on that. I just haven't been able to get that verse out of my, out of my spirit. And uh, so he's, he's out, and he sees the camels coming, and I just sort of just sense that that's how it is with Jesus when we come in prayer there's not like oh no not this again it's not that's not that I think there's a genuine anticipation in his heart as we come to him uh, he wants us to come he loves us like a bride like we are special to him we need to see ourselves as that but I think it comes around the other way that, you know, when we get together, I think there needs to be an anticipation in our heart. You know, when, when we come in prayer, it's not like, oh, man, I've done this today, I've done that, I've 
made the bed, I've done something, filled the car with fuel, got this, put the bins out, pray, oh, I've got to pray, oh, man, okay, here we go. I mean, it's, it's not like that, is it? I hope it's not like that. It's not like something you tick off the list. But I just think there should be an anticipation when we come and a, oh, I wonder what, yeah. We come into his presence. When we come to church, when the body meets, because it's a remarkable thing that happens, you know that, when we come together? It is. You just think, oh, it's all people coming together, but it's not like that, really. The arms come today. The fingers come. Yeah. The legs of the church come and the heart of the church comes and the, yeah, the mouth of the church comes and the ears and we all come together where we function and should function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I love when a worship leader says, this is what God's been saying to me today. I've got to thank him. We need to be so thankful. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Amen? And it will remind you. I've been told that. I just remember my mother annoying me one day. She just used to have a knack of annoying me because she told the truth. And it's not good when you hear the truth when you don't want to hear the truth, is it? You know, you... Oh, nothing ever works out for me. Something had gone wrong. Something had gone wrong. Boo. Count your blessings. There's way more blessings. Oh, there is not. And I started trying to count them after I'd gone away from her. Well, this is ridiculous. There's billions of them that can't be counted. So then I should be happy, but I don't want to be. It's hard, isn't it? You know? It's hard when you've got that, yeah. I remember, I, I like, does anyone like watching people? I like watching people. I just, yeah, I remember I was shopping. Well, I wasn't shopping, <coughs> heaven forbid. But I took my wife shopping one day somewhere and, and she was shopping and I was uh, waiting for her and probably reading a motorcycle magazine, I guess, or something. But I, just observing people, I remember seeing this this very, she's a very beautiful woman. She looked to be probably about 30-ish, I guess. And she had three little kids and she was dressed up like, you know, really doled up for going shopping. She had the rings and the paint, the wall paint, everything was all on. And and she was, uh, and she's walking out of this big shopping centre and the kids were just ratty. I want that one and I want one of this went past this thing with lollies and and so she was trying to pull him along and the daughter said, I want one of them over here and it was like she was so perfect, the kids had to be perfect, but they weren't. They're acting up, you know. And she was pulling them out of the shop and walking along and uh, and she just nearly walked into me. I was just sitting on a bench there waiting. Said, Hi, how are you? Just looked at her and smiled and Sort of got this smile on the I just said, oh, oh dear me, they all cracked and fell off. It was, it was funny. But, but we can be like that sometimes, can't we? Got to start thanking him and we just want to be a human misery. Yeah, got to be thankful, folks. Really, really, really do. Jesus is so wonderful, seriously took his bride into his mother's tent, a special place, and he loved her. 
There's a place where we can dwell. Is there not near to the heart of God? And uh, you just see types of it there with Isaac and his bride, Rebecca. But uh, can I encourage you today? You go to scripture yourself. There's so many places where you can see what Jesus is really, really like. And he's amazing, absolutely amazing. And then I will finish off this morning by talking about Rebecca, the bride. I don't know. We, we, who would know what she looked like? And what's pretty and not, you know, like everyone's beautiful in their own way. Seriously. Everyone is beautiful in their own way. And uh, I just think she was probably a beautiful young lady. And, uh, but she's a type of us, the church. And, you know, uh, uh, Eli Eza, uh went and he... He, you know, you remember, you probably all know the story and, and he, you know, she watered his camels for him, etc., etc. And he asked the, the, the young lady who offers to water my camels, let her be the one. And so here's the one from, from Abraham's family, just as Abraham wanted, just the right girl just came. It's like the Holy Spirit, type of the Holy Spirit. That's why you pray in tongues, because he knows what to pray for the right things, you know. And, uh, and so uh, uh, finds Rebecca, and so yeah, she took him home to her father, and uh, you know the story. And so he's told her all about Isaac. I'm here because my master has sent me to, to get a wife for his son. And, uh, and I prayed, let this be the one. And your daughter here, she watered the camels and I reckon she's the one. And, and he told her about Isaac. And, uh, and he said, he's, he's wealthy. He's very, or he's going to be. His father is, is a, he's a billionaire many times over and very wealthy and he's old. Not long to go. And so Isaac gets the lot. Thinking, whoa, a bit like Pam and I, I'm loaded, Pammy. You want to marry me? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't like that. <laughs> Still isn't like that. <laughs> oh, dear. I remember when Pam and I, were, I asked her dad, and he said, yeah, and so we were going to get married. And we were driving over to see my folks at Coabram and Oh, I don't know where it was out and somewhere right out in the middle of the sticks. There's this old house and it was, every time you went past, it was leaning further and further over. <laughs> and I said to Pam, well, I ain't got much, but maybe we could live there. And she said, long as I'm with you, I don't care. Wasn't that lovely, eh? <laughs> oh, praise God. But you know what? Um, uh, he spoke to her father. And um, so he said, I want her to come and marry Isaac. And so he said, well, I'm not making that decision. You've got to ask her. So they got her to come in and they told her the deal. And it's like, it's like a salvation thing with us. Like it would never have worked. You can't, you can't make someone get saved. It does, you can't do that. It would be good if you could, but you can't. And so they asked her, Verse 58, and they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? Sounds like a wedding, doesn't it? Will you take this man to be your 
husband. It's going to say, wife, will you take, yeah. And so uh, will you take this man, will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. And for us, it just needs to be a constant, I will. I will go. I will. I will. Praise God. It just needs to be an I will. Works a whole lot better when we say, I will go, Lord. I will. And uh, got to leave the past behind. Do you know that? Whatever the past is, Whatever the past is, we've got to leave it behind. Otherwise, it's like getting married and taking your family with you. Heaven forbid. Yeah. It'd be like marrying and like half marrying your mother-in-law or something, fellas. And not, not the way to go. Yeah. So uh, you've got to leave the past behind. I, I was I just I re- was reading that and this morning and I just said will you go with this man she said I will go just a willingness for the bride to meet the groom and marry the groom and I I thought of um, what's his name Bartimaeus remember remember Bartimaeus on the road to Jericho was he and uh, on the road to somewhere and uh but he was crying out, wasn't he? For, you know, he heard that Jesus was coming. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Shut up, mate. Hey, hey, hey. Nearly curfew time. Keep the noise down, you know. No, Jesus. Like he wanted Jesus. He wanted to be free. He wanted to be able to see. And uh, so passionate, like he threw his cap over the fence. He was serious about it. They couldn't shut him up. And someone said, oh, well, he's heard you. He's calling for you. You know what you did? What he did? He jumped up and threw his coat off. Threw his garment off. Threw his coat off. And uh, that, that is so significant. He wasn't healed yet. But when he knew that Jesus, he had Jesus' attention, he took his coat and threw it off. And see, people don't understand back then. You had to, like, you had to have a permit to be a beggar. They had licensing back then too. And so you couldn't just plonk yourself in front of the bank or somewhere and, and hold your cup out and I'm begging and, you know, can you give me a few bob? You had to be proved that you were a beggar and they gave you some sort of coat apparently. don't know if they were all the same colour, but when you saw someone, oh, they're a beggar, you knew who they were by, by the coat and the garment they wore. And he didn't want to be. He wanted to be able to see and work and do things and provide. And he didn't want to be like he was. And when he knew he had Jesus' attention, he just believed something was going to happen. First thing he did, he ripped his coat off and threw it off. Which meant that big risk. What would he do if nothing happened? He'd have to go and get his coat back from somewhere because if he threw it away and someone else grabbed it who wanted to be a beggar, he wouldn't have had it anymore. You understand what I mean? He just took it off, threw it off. No, I'm going ahead. I'm not going backwards. I don't want this anymore. Rebecca said, I will go. Got to be willing to go. She hadn't seen Isaac. What if he looked like, well, I mean, yeah. 
Think of your worst nightmare, ladies, and think, what if he looked like that? I don't know what that could be. Uh, Yeah. But she hadn't seen him. And... uh, But she believed what the servant told her about Isaac and she went. And uh, I was reading that this morning. This all happened this morning, this message. And so it made me think of Thomas. I said, Thomas, hey, mate, pity you weren't there. We saw the Lord. He's he's alive. Thomas said, no, 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 come on, come on. I saw him there, I saw him take him down and he's dead, he's gone. I said, no, we've seen him. He said, no, I can't, I don't know what's going on with you guys, what you're on, but I can't cope with that unless I, unless I see the nail prints in the, there. And uh, unless I see the, the spear, unless, unless I, no, I couldn't believe that, that's, you know. It's an interesting story, that, isn't it? Because uh, he's the resurrected Christ, whole and healed and alive, yet he's still got the scars of the, the battles of life. I think we might carry them in glory, eh? Some, some of the things we don't like now, they might be marks of something else when we get up there. <laughs> hey, yeah. And so Jesus said, hey, Thomas, when he was... He appeared next time, but Thomas was there. He said, hey, put you have a feel. He said, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my Master. And so Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. So if you're a Christian today, I'm telling you that you are really, really, really blessed. Incredibly blessed blessed we haven't seen him either but like Rebecca we believe the report of the servant and we're holding on to that amen praise God so I I just think there always ought to be that anticipation in our hearts about the things of God when we meet together when we when we pray when we go to do something that God's asked us to do there should be that thing that, hey, the camels are coming. It's like no one knows where the wind blows or where it went. But people of the Spirit are like that. We don't know, do we? But we just know there's a mystic thing to God and the things of the Spirit. Man, I just want more of it. Amen? I want more of it. Why don't you close your eyes this morning? You've been listening to Life Church Podcasts. For more information, head to lifechurchbanella.com.au.